Hey everybody, welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is the podcast where we talk everything creepy and crimey. It's true. <laughs> it's not Ookie. a lie. Ooky, spooky. We haven't said it in forever and we probably should in case someone's a new listener. This podcast is NSFW. Oh, dang. I know a lot of you, y'all are working at home, but if you're not, um, unless you work somewhere where they have an appreciation for colorful language and potentially uh, not safe for everybody kind of topics, you should probably put on some headphones or wait till later. True that. Also, this is but, a this is another thing we used to say a lot. This is a storytelling podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am a researcher by profession, but I get paid to do that. So, and it also includes quantitative and qualitative research. This is kind of a different animal. I mean, I try to approach it with some seriousness, but. Ain't nobody got time to do the deep dive that I would for paid work. So. Same, same, same. And it's not that I don't care. I mean, I still try to put on my skeptic hat and all that jazz. But. Yeah. I literally don't have time to do meta analysis every week. True that. Uh, Do you have any corrections conclusions clarifications um if i do i can't think of it right now so so no (laughs) yeah oh yeah i was like wait what did we talk about last week um no my friend dawn hi esme it's auntie heidi um hi uncle al hi jupiter auntie heidi loves you okay there's my shout out for the dogs um Dom was like, whoa, this is a heavy topic. And I was like, agreed, it is. I mean, I think in terms of the kind of content that we cover, it diverged a little bit um, because it was heavy on the, um, I guess, like, you know, social activism or interest in social activism for sex trafficking and less about the specifics of the criminal i guess the criminal enterprise and how it works but i also felt like it was an important topic and wasn't so far adjacent that it couldn't be included so i'm sorry if i bummed you out but you're also a smarter more empathetic human now hopefully i mean we are so social sciencey sort of podcast so You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. That's uh, that's what I... When I got my psych degree, that's what they taught me. They said, okay, so the secret is at the end of your degree, just tell everybody they're going to be fine. Yeah, well, I think that that's fair. I mean, that's like a mantra that I have to <laughs> repeat to myself. So I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, really, in the end, little is in your control. Um, the things that are that you can do something about, you know, do you have a moral obligate 
obligation to do so. If you do, do it. If you can't, um, you know, think outside the box and ask yourself the question again. And if you still can't, then, I mean, we all do what we can do. It's all you can do. There you go. Yep. The more you know. Um, well, should should we get into it? Um. All right. I'm ready. Cool. So, did you open up the meeting minutes by any chance? Oh shit. No. I suggest uh, everybody go to creepyclubpodcast.com and open the meeting minutes for this episode because there's going to be a lot of visual aids. Um, and yeah, and um, there's so many pictures on this topic, so you know, they're not, I didn't put them all on our blog, but um, you can definitely look them up. I'm going to talk about the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh! This one's actually super interesting to me. One, because I love architecture. Two, I have a strong interest in psychology, which I think is probably the most reasonable answer for why she behaved the way she did. Mm -hmm. Um, But then three, like, but what? Was it schizophrenia? Was it something else? And just the, like, how did this go on so long without someone interfering? Was it because she was rich and powerful? So anyway, I'm super stoked about this one. I'm yeah, I'm and this suggestion into the notes right now. And this suggestion came from one of our listeners during the uh, virtual happy hour. And I'm sorry, I forgot who exactly suggested it, but I decided to take I, you up on it. I feel like it was the... The woman from Ohio, Danny. Yeah, it was either Danny or Karana, maybe. I don't know. But thank you for the suggestion. We... Wait, which one? Danielle or Danny? Danny had a roommate, right? I have no idea. I don't remember. Okay, it was whoever had the roommate I, actually. She was on. It. She was on. Uh, oh, maybe that was um, Lindsay. Okay, well, how anyway, we don't know. One of you fantastic <laughs> people suggested it, and I, even though it's a horror movie, technically, I may actually watch it if my husband. You're lets gonna me watch when, it. I, well, if my husband, if my husband lets me mute when they start the creepy music, he asked me today. He's such an asshole. Right before I walked in here, he was like, "Do you want to watch all the Halloween movies with me?" I was like, "No." He knows the answer to that. He knows I don't watch horror movies. And he's like, but it's not that scary. I was like, yes, it is. And this was after I had just turned off forensic files. He's like, you watch murder all the time. I'm like, yeah, but I watch science. It's different. (laughs) I'm there for the social psychology and for the actual science. The murder is interesting and that there's always a puzzle to solve i don't like the jump scares i don't like the gory the chainsaw business fuck all that and i don't like the idea of someone peeking in my window i do not need that burned in my brain thanks (laughs) 
Well, I'm surprised you might watch this movie because A, it's a horror movie, and B, we found out it's like got 13% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Like, no, thank you. Well, I feel like if it's kind of cheesy, I will be less likely to actually be afraid. Makes sense. Okay, so the Winchester Mystery House is once was the personal residence of Sarah Lockwood Party Winchester, and that is... Our first picture on the meeting minutes. That's her. Is Lockwood her, her maiden name? I think Pardee might be. Oh, I wonder what the extra one is for. I'm trying to... I don't know. Maybe... I, who knows? Maybe she's been married more than once. I don't know. Um, She is the widow of William Wirt Winchester, which that's quite a name. And that's the next picture in the meeting minutes. He has really intense sideburns. Mr. Rifle. Yeah. Um, Are you looking at the pictures right now? Because his hair is like so nice. It's like almost modern. And then his like his he has sideburns and a mustache, but nothing really on the chin. And the sideburns are like they go down to his shoulders. They're long. It's intense. I'm four seconds away from looking at the picture. <laughs> I didn't navigate through. Like, I have so many email accounts. I had to get to the right one. Well, and Sarah so Winchester is, looks very pretty. She's got like. Um, yeah, she's kind of. Okay, definitely she's got the, not the same. The finger wave going on. She has the pretty doe eyes and the kind of round face and rosy cheeks. Although in they, those days, they would. Um, touch up the photographs to give you rosy cheeks. Right. I mean, it's yeah. Even though you were in like funeral attire in every photo <laughs> and no- yeah. nobody smiled because exposures took so long. Yeah. Okay. Those are some really unusual sideburns. I know, right? Like, I don't even feel like I've seen that style. I mean, they were... Um... I don't like, know when these look, pictures were taken, but probably late 1800s. Those are just gross. Yeah. <laughs> they look they look like pubes. Yeah, gross face. Anyway, so that's all we're going to talk about him because he dies soon uh, well, in this story. Well, pa- can I just say part of why they're gross looking is they're not thick. Like, I can see his shirt collar through them. So he's like yeah. a guy who hanging on to the three strands of hair and has the hair donut with the three long comb over strands mm-hmm. i feel like this is the sideburn equivalent gone wrong i well and just the contrast between his like actual head hair and the sideburns is like wild to me if you removed if you saw the picture only from the nose down you would assume he was like 95 if you saw or it like, from the nose up, you'd think late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. <laughs> totally. They like, so if you scroll your computer screen so you can see just the bottom, you're like, oh, that's an old guy for sure. Yeah, he but, he might be like a train uh, person, you know, like, um, what are they? Not, I was going to say hobo, but what's the other word for that? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Okay, but cover everything but his nose and he's actually like a very classically attractive um sort of englishy white guy yeah anyway it doesn't so matter 
So does I'm just I'm sorry I'm having a I'm totally disturbed by this sideburns. Yeah, Sarah is the heiress to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company fortune, which is a rifle company. Um, I like it repeating arms as in not single shot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know anything about guns. So I'm like, okay. Well, a lot of rifles are single shot and they're much safer because you can't shoot more than one round at a time. I think I've only shot rifles. Okay. So, um, Sarah's infant daughter died of a childhood illness um, known as marasmus, which is like severe malnutrition. And it can happen if like you you're you don't produce like enough nutrients in your breast milk um or like just just literally just being like you know neglected um i don't know exactly what happened there i mean it's this is back in the 1880s so you know who knows but uh so not necessarily intentional neglects like someone could have been breastfeeding and didn't know they were deficient in whatever right so a few late okay. a few years later, William Winchester died of tuberculosis, uh, and that was 1881. So Sarah inherited twenty and a half million dollars, which today's money is four hundred and forty three million. And that's I have that much in savings. Uh huh. And um. <laughs> And she uh, was the fifty percent ownership of the um, the rifle company, and so that gave her an income of a thousand dollars per day, which is oh my god twenty six thousand dollars today. Can you imagine making twenty six thousand dollars per day? That's more than I make in a year. <laughs> I feel like at some point shopping would get boring. I mean, I would hope that you're like. A philanthropist full time because what like how much shit do you need you know yeah are you gonna get buried well, with it I think that if I made twenty six thousand dollars a day I would probably do the same exact thing that Sarah Winchester did which was buy a house and just continually add on to it forever until you die <laughs> that sounds I like mean awesome to me that sounds kind of fun, but I feel like I would have to have something a little more meaningful going on in my life. Like, if I made $26,000 a day, like, why not start an orphanage with a school attached? Oh, come or... on. Don't don't high road me. <laughs> Fine. I'll just sit and eat ice cream straight out of the carton and order on QVC all day long. There you go. So, a Boston okay. medium told her while apparently channeling her late husband, that she was to leave her home in New Haven and move west, where she must continuously build a home for herself and the spirits of the people who died by the Winchester rifles. Uh, so that's ex- reliable source. It's <laughs> exactly what she did. Uh, she moved to San oh. Jose, California. Uh, she bought a eight-room unfinished farmhouse and uh, started renovations on it in 1886 and uh, continued until her death in on September 5th, 1922. So if you look at the next picture in the meeting minutes, 
Um, this is the oldest known photo of the Winchester Mystery House. And it looks like a nice house. Um, two stories, um, but not the sprawling behemoth that the Winchester Mystery House is today. Oh, yeah, that's like, that's a fairly, okay, I mean, it's like, if your house and my house had twins, I mean, that's, it's significantly larger than either of the homes that we live in, but I wouldn't call it a mansion. It's a large home. It reminds me of the houses you see in, like, Webster Gross, which is like an older historic part of town. I've been in houses of this size before. Is that her on her horse in the front, maybe? Um, I don't, I don't know. Everyone's so gothy back then. I, I, I want to say it's not because I read somewhere in one of these articles that there was like only one picture taken of her in like near the house or in front of the house or something like that. I don't know. She was kind of re- I would, reclusive. I totally love this house for some reason. If I had this house, I'd want to, like, decorate it Three's Company style. (laughs) Like, with tons of plants all over that big wraparound porch. Yeah. It looks really... Looks super nice. The proprietors of the Winchester Mystery House claim that the, the construction on it was ceaseless for 38 years. Like, from the time she moved in until her death. Um... But her biographer refutes that claim. It's He said that she would routinely dismiss her workers for months at a time to take s- such rest as I might. Qu- quote, take such rest as I might. Which I, I get that. I mean, I wouldn't want to live in a house that was just being worked on all day, every day for the rest of my life. They said that she used no architect and added on to it in a haphazard fashion. And this must be prior to the need for city permits. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. Maybe that's... <laughs> that's kind of the whole purpose of them. Right. To make um, sure you hire architects and things. Yeah. Reportedly, Sarah would have frequent seances where spirits would tell her what to do with the house next. So every morning she would meet with her foreman and be like, okay, this is what we're working on now. Um... And even Sarah admitted in a letter that the house looked like it was built by a crazy person. (laughs) Well, self-awareness is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Sarah also adopted odd behavior after she moved into the house. Um, She started wearing only black uh, and was in basically was dressed in mourning for the rest of her life. She also was said to sleep in a different room every night to confuse the spirits and they're really bad at hide and seek yeah (laughs) she was she believed that the spirits of um the winchester like the people that died from winchester rifles were haunting her um i wonder why was mm -hmm. she wait she was the wife of the husband who was the direct line yeah okay so she thought the family didn't like her no i think she she was talking about the spirits of people who died by getting shot by winchester rifles oh so she had like ooh, she had some serious guilt maybe yeah that's what i was thinking um so the next next picture is what the front of the winchester mystery house looks like today 
And like, this is like seriously my dream home. I love this style of house. Uh, I also love that it's like so weird and kooky. Like, I just, I want to live there. <laughs> it's very kind of like Switzerland meets Willy Wonka. Yeah. Um, and then the next picture is kind of a semi-aerial view of the front with the gardens and some palm trees. And then we've got the next picture is even more is higher up. So you can kind of see the sprawlingness of the house and kind of how haphazard it looks. That's and like uh -huh. four blocks. And then the next image is a satellite image of the top. So that's like just how big it spreads. And then there's uh, the next one is I just thought this was funny that. It, there was a Lego version of the Winchester Mystery House. It's very I can't cute. really tell where it begins and ends within the neighborhood from that. Well, there's also image. a lot of there's also a lot of outbuildings and stuff too that aren't connected to the house. So. Oh, okay. That get, the Lego picture actually helped a little. There you go. <laughs> um. So, some facts about the house. It is a Queen Anne-style Victorian mansion. Uh, mm -hmm. It's predominantly made of redwood, which Sarah preferred, but she also didn't like the look of redwood, so she had them paint faux grain and stain the wood, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. What? I know. It apparently took 20,500 gallons of paint to paint the house. So she had them do, what is that called? Um, Trump Loy on all the wood? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. The It's 24,000 square foot, square feet. Uh, it has over 10,000 windows. There are 2,000 doors. There are 161 rooms, which includes 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, which one of which is completed and one was unfinished at the time of her death. There are 52 skylights. There are 47 fireplaces, 17 chimneys, and 13 bathrooms. One of the bathrooms has a window in the door for her nurse Sarah, for her nurse to check on Sarah. Uh, I um, gu I'm guessing when she got older and more frail. I mean, that's kind of practical. I get that. Yeah. There was one source that like contradicted itself. Like one said all the bathrooms were functional because there were 40 workers living there at one time. Uh, and then the same source says only one toilet was functional and the rest were there to, like, confuse the spirits. <laughs> Which I'm like, why are the spirits worried about the bathroom? I don't know. That's what I was just thinking. I was wondering what percentage of the rooms, of the doors, of the windows were actually functional in some way. Well, and there were a lot of windows that were, like, interior that would look onto other rooms. Um, there were doors to nowhere staircases to nowhere um right like what percentage actually had a real purpose yeah there was a skylight that was that opened up to 
like inside the house like it was from one floor to the other um which i think is kind of cool like i like that idea i was I just i don't mind that. like windows on interior walls like open up the space a little bit <laughs> well yeah as long as it's like somehow decorative otherwise it looks like an office yeah um there are six kitchens there are two basement levels and three elevators one i've never heard of two basement levels that's new right um one of the elevators was powered by this rare horizontal hydraulic elevator piston um most are vertical to save space, but Sarah preferred the improved functionality of the horizontal hydraulic elevator piston. Um, Interesting. Yeah, like she she was like kind of interested in like higher tech stuff. Uh, she had them put in like steam and forced air heating, which was really a rare convenience for the time. Um, she had modern indoor t- toilets and plumbing, push-button gas lights, and a hot shower, which was her personal shower. I'm like, yeah, girl. Get um, it, girl. Yeah. It used to be 162 acres of land, but now it's shrunk down to about 4.5 acres, which is the minimum necessary to contain the house and the outbuildings. Damn. Yeah. They've got gold and silver chandeliers, hand inlaid parquet floors, and trim. Uh, And then there's a lot of stained glass windows that were made by the Pacific American Decorative Company. Some of the stained glass was designed by, or was designed for her specifically, and some she designed herself, which includes this uh, window that's, it's a spiderweb design with repeating 13s in it. And that was like a fascination of Sarah's was like the number 13. Uh, and she like repeated that motif throughout the house. I really like in this section where you have, it says $25,000 storage room, but it's all stained glass windows. There's some that have these really large ovals in them and then have um, like kind of turquoise gem stained glass in them they're gorgeous yeah so the one with the spider web and the repeating 13s that's the one in the very middle that's like yellow and blue it's really hard to see um and i couldn't really find a better picture of it but so that that window never hung uh in the house they just put it in this storage room and the storage room is called the $25,000 storage room because the contents of it were originally appraised at 25000 But, I mean, right. uh, that that's that's back then, so it must be worth, you know, um, millions by now or whatever. I don't know oh, how inflation sure. works. Um, and then the next picture is the most expensive window in the house, and or it's known as the most expensive window. And uh, I don't even think it's the best one. Right. Well, it was designed by Tiffany himself. Oh, and he he designed it to project rainbows all over the room if the sunlight hit it. So it has this like interesting prismatic effect. However, Sarah installed it on an interior wall with no light exposure. (laughs) So 
so the effect isn't seen. I'm I'm like wondering if you can have the same effect if you put light behind it, but I you know I don't know. I don't know either, but that's like the most boring Tiffany window I've ever seen. I don't know. I I think it's pretty, but yeah, it's not it's not remarkable. Well, at the Cathedral Basilica, that's all done by Tiffany, and they have way more. I've actually never stuff. been in there, so I don't know. Oh well, if you enjoy architecture at all, Cathedral yeah. Basilica is where it's at. I do. Um, so the house also features a seance room where Sarah frequently held seances and the spirits would tell her what to do to the house next. Um, so that's the next picture. It is also very unremarkable. (laughs) It's like not spooky at all. Yeah. I'm like, kind of looks like a mud room to me. Well, especially with the coat hooks. Yeah. There were, there's also other pictures of it with like more coat hooks. I don't know what why there's so many coat hooks but um well i just it looks like a utility room it's got linoleum right and a really unremarkable decor like no bells and whistles here yeah another source said she would hold her seances in the witch's cap uh which you can see in the what? next picture the exterior of it and it's just Which like a cone. Awesome. Yeah, it's like a cone-shaped like attic room. Uh, and then the interior picture is the next picture. And that one is much more spooky. And that is where I would hold my seances. Oh, that witch's cap thing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's super cool. And that couch, I'm sure, is hideously uncomfortable, but really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the old Victorian furniture, it was all about sit your ass up straight. Like, oh, yeah. There was no slouching or relaxing on the couch. Like, seriously, where do people go to relax? <laughs> they must have just gone and laid in bed because all the furniture is miserable looking. Mm-hmm. So the next two pictures are examples of like doors and staircases that lead to nowhere. Um, or this like... They call this staircase the stairs to the ceiling. It kind of wraps around, so they put, like, a mirror at the corner so you can kind of see that it leads to a ceiling. <laughs> doesn't go anywhere. We had stairs just like that on the interior of our two-family flat when I was a kid, except that there was another door when you got to the top of them <laughs> that went to another apartment. But they uh, were... Ni- narrow with that weird turn mm-hmm. and the next picture is the door that leads to nowhere the outside view of it um i think that's that interesting be s- because like it reminds me of when i went to uh colorado city which is the fundamentalist mormon community and they had doors that led to nowhere in all their houses and i heard mm-hmm. it was because they needed the same amount of doors as they had wives in their home but i don't know if that's true or if they just like because they were continually also continually working on their houses because they were avoiding taxes was the reason they were doing it not because spirits were telling them to although i wouldn't really put that past them either but you know yeah lots of weirdos going on there (laughs) um and like I said before, they had, she had windows that looked into other rooms and skylights that 
or there was like one skylight that went from one floor to the other, not outside. Um, and all the stairs had like odd riser heights. Um, and that was probably due to the fact that Sarah had really bad arthritis and she could only lift her foot a few inches off the floor. Oh, so they were really short. Yeah. You can kind of tell that that stairway to the ceiling has like a short riser to it. It does. It looks like about half the height they normally would be. Although I have to say, I would prefer that any day to ones where the risers are extra tall because that's like, that's a real knee workout. Oh, totally. Uh, So, like I said, she had this fascination with the number 13. Um, and it kind of appeared throughout the house. Like many, many of the windows were 13 panes of glass. Um, and then I, which I don't know how you do that. Like, like I can't imagine. <laughs> um, and 13 paneled ceilings, uh, 13 step stairwells. Uh, her will had 13 parts to it and was signed 13 times. Um, her house had 13 bathrooms, and the the 13th bathroom had 13 windows in it, which I don't know how that's possible either, but uh, I haven't taken the tour. A lot of math. Yeah. Uh, in 1923, it was worth $5 million, and now it is worth $71 million. Holy shit. Yep. Um, the house eventually currently owns it. I'll get to that. Um, the house was, uh, became a seven story mansion, but then there was a bad earthquake in 1906. And, um, the, I think, I guess the seventh, there was like a seven story tower, I think, and it fell. Uh, and now it is a four story mansion. So I guess it did a lot of damage but there's the next picture is a picture of an attic room where they have pieces from the seven story tower displayed and it's kind of a cool cool room i like that um so the the um mansion was built on a floating foundation and it was believed that that's what saved it from being completely leveled in 1906 and there was also an earthquake in 1989 um and it allows the home to shift freely on its foundation and it's not completely attached to the brick base which i thought that was kind of cool interesting might be ahead of its time i don't know Um, So after Sarah died, which was September 5th, 1922, she bequeathed all of her possessions to her niece, but she made no mention of the house in her will, which is wild. Um, Appraisers (laughs) appraisers considered the house worthless due to the earthquake damage and the impractical design of the house, and it was sold in auction to a local investor for about $135,000. Um, they, the, whoever bought it, leased it to John and Mamie Brown, who did eventually purchase the house. Um, by February, 1923, the house was open to the public with Mamie Brown as the first tour guide. 
Uh, today, mm-hmm. it's owned by Winchester Investments, LLC, which is a privately owned company representing the descendants of John and Mamie Brown. So it stayed in their family for all these years. Nice. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the creepy shit. Um, apparently, the house is, in fact, haunted. It's frequently named the one of the top 10 haunted houses in America, but who knows if that's you know, like who who can? <laughs> that seems subjective to me. Uh, Let all. Yeah. So the next picture is a uh, a picture of a group of workers, and the guy that's all the way to the right, people call him Clyde, and his ghost turns up from time to time. Um, people often see him working on the fireplace in the grand ballroom, or pushing a wheelbarrow full of ash or coal in the basement. Um, Where am I supposed to be seeing him? Oh, it's the next picture after the attic picture. There's like a group of guys. I think those are like workers that worked on the house. And all the way to the right is Clyde. Oh, okay. Hi, Clyde. He wears white overalls and a Victorian boater hat. And guests often mistake him for an actor that been hired by the tour. They're like, oh, I really like the touch, you know, that special touch of the actor working on the fireplace and the tour guide's like uh we didn't hire any actors whoops (laughs) guests on the tours report getting like gentle tugs on their skirts or their shirts this longtime maintenance worker denny heard footsteps on the floor above him and he went upstairs to um to like tell this trespasser that like house isn't open and um the footsteps kept like it seemed like they were going they were like one step ahead of him and then one floor above him and so he kept following them until he got to the roof and didn't see anybody Hmm. Uh, a lot of guests report seeing shadow figures down hallways or up staircases in windows um there's this hall that's called the Hall of Fires, and it's named because it just has a bunch of fireplaces. <laughs> and um, one day before the mansion was open for tours, a worker was in the hall, um, on the in the Hall of Fires on a ladder, and he felt a tap on his shoulder. He turned around; nobody was there. And he was like, "Okay." He went back back to his task, but then he felt a whole hand press into his back and he was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> and took off. I I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, during that uh, earthquake in 1906, uh, Sarah actually became trapped in a room until her workers could clear the debris to free her. She was really shaken up by the experience and so she had that room just sealed off. <laughs> which I think is such a cool thing to do like like i have 161 rooms like i'm not gonna miss this one she she just sealed it off yeah fuck this room (laughs) well when the exorcism happened at um what was it uh saint alexis hospital they just closed up that floor they were like fuck yeah yeah totally fuck this floor so in 2016 the room was opened and uh added to the tours and one tour, the guide was pointing out these objects that they had found in the room. 
after it had been sealed for like over a century. And she heard a really loud sigh in the hallway. And she was like, oh, maybe somebody is like a straggler, you know, at the end of the tour, like, which is totally me. Like, I always like try to hang out at the end of the tour so that I can like see the ghosts when they walk by, you know? <laughs> nice. But she went out to collect the whoever it was, but didn't see anybody. But then she saw this like ghostly figure turn a corner. So she followed and she saw nobody, but then she heard the sigh again. And <laughs> she's like, maybe it was maybe because Sarah used that room as like a refuge from the tourists. So she was just like, Ugh, they're in my secret room. <laughs> oh, wow thought that was funny so then the winchester mystery house shared this video on their facebook page and it's a surveillance uh video okay they recorded it around 3 45 a.m and it shows a portion of the exterior of the house there's a link that you can click on in the meeting minutes to see the video um it's really really subtle uh, you have to keep an eye on the, like, third balcony, which it's kind of hard to tell what's balcony and what's uh, house. And I had to watch it twice before I saw what they were talking about. But about at around 15 seconds on the highest balcony, you could see a light come out of the house and s- kind of stay ar- stick around for a little bit. And then it retreats back into the house. And it's sort of, to me, it looks like... It could be somebody like holding a lantern or like a gaslight or not a gaslight, a oil lamp or something like that. Like, okay. You know, like I'm picturing somebody in the old days, like holding, like going out on the balcony, holding like an oil lamp. You know what I'm, you kind of know what I'm getting at. No, I know what you mean. Like a oil lantern when people didn't have electricity. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so subtle. Like it, it, it really could be anything. I mean, to me, what it looks I think the like. Light... So when you're looking mm-hmm. at the video on the left side of the building, there's sort of a squarish tower. If you go up to the third floor directly above where the line for the balcony is, I guess, I don't know, 15 or 20 seconds into the video, it looks like somebody is holding a flashlight and walks the width of a panel for a window maybe a little bit past that and then walks back in the same path but the light stays level the whole time yeah and it kind of to me looks like it's moving organically like that's why it feels like somebody holding a flashlight or something and you can't like i i don't see a figure or anything it's just the light no I didn't see and I, I don't know if you could see a figure if it was indeed somebody just literally walking onto the balcony with a flashlight or a candle or whatever but the thing that the only thing that makes me think it's not a flashlight is that if it was a flashlight against glass I think it would have a bigger like smeary light pattern you know what yeah, I mean yeah like I yeah. think it would partially illuminate whatever was holding it. Well, that's why it made me think of like an oil lamp or something. Yeah, it's dimmer. It's got to be dimmer than a regular 
or fewer lumens than a regular flashlight because the reflection on the glass would have reflected back some light onto the figure. So I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, but then I think, okay, there's a lot of motivation for them to create creepy looking things. I mean, it would not be that difficult to set up a lantern um, on some kind of apparatus and like reel it across, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I also, that, that's probably true. It's just like, I would do a better job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would like maybe make it a little more compelling than that. Yeah, it's not, the figure in the window and the picture ghost in the window. Oh, so yeah. So the next thing is, uh, the next picture is it's like a zoomed in shot of the house. Somebody was taking a full um, picture of the house and this is like the zoomed in version on this window. I don't really, I kind of see what they're talking about, but I just, I think it's some weird reflection. Like it doesn't really creep me out that much. No, I get what they're saying because it looks like a head and a left shoulder looking at the window. Yeah. And I, I see like a jawline and maybe some like, um facial features but really it's like kind of at a weird angle and like yeah i don't know also think about how tall that person would have to be to be well they could be floating you know well that's what i'm saying i mean it would have to be like (laughs) the hubs is six eight and i don't think he stands quite that tall looking out a window you know Yeah. yeah it looks like maybe just a funny reflection from the curtain because mm-hmm. it looks right. like there's those um if you look at the window to the left there's curtains and i'm sure there's a matching curtain or something similar in that window yeah so yeah so that's the spooky stuff um that i found i'm sure there's many more like personal stories that people have um right towards the end of my research i stumbled upon this rabbit hole that it's a different theory from this guy named richard allen wagner and he theorized that sarah was uh not in fact led by ghosts to build this house (laughs) um and that she may have been creating a puzzle full of encryptions inspired by the work of english english philosopher francis bacon and huh. I like I stumbled upon this like at the 13th hour, like literally right before we started recording. And I was like, the, it's it's pages and pages. Like he wrote this huge article about it. And I really I think I find that more compelling than the story of her like having spirits tell her how to build this house. And I decided that I want to dive into that deeper for the next one so i'm going to do like a part two of the winchester mystery house delving into the theory that this is like some sort of like tribute to this philosopher and not this like you know musings of a crazed woman in mourning um and that she was actually like a secret genius um i kind of read into it a little bit and they they go into uh, there, there's a lot of Masonic symbolism in the house, and um, they say that she's a Rosen, Rosencrucian, 
Which I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I think it's like along the same lines as the Masons, like a secret society, that kind of thing. I don't think I've ever so, heard that before. How do you spell it? I've heard it. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, I'll look it up, but um, I've heard it said on um, so Rosicrucian, R-O-S-I-C-R-U-C-I-A-N. I've heard it talked about on other uh creepy podcasts um but i don't really know a whole lot about it but i will look into it for the next episode or for my next episode apparently Um, britannica knows about it um yeah i don't think it's like i think it's as secret as the masons yeah, a uh, combination of occultism and other religious beliefs and practice, including Hermeticism, Jewish mysticism, and Christian Gnosticism. Gnosticism. So, I found that way more interesting, if you know, than the whole spirit thing. So, I will report back to you about that. Yeah, I'm super interested. Just this little snippet from... Um, Britannica.com looks definitely um, definitely like a page turner. So yeah, so that is part one of the Winchester Mystery House. I like it. Woo. Very I nice. I'm has I'm also I have to admit that I'm also kind of hesitant to delve into it because it it was a lot. There were like three different web pages that were extremely long and just text. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I've got two weeks. I can read that in two weeks and <laughs> take notes, hopefully, and then regurgitate it for you guys. <laughs> I believe in you. But don't be surprised if the if it doesn't happen. <laughs> just I'm just going to put that out there just in case. I think that's fair. I was trying to look. I had started meeting notes for my next episode. Mm. Yeah. Um, and now I can't find them. Mm. I'd even put that episode number in and everything. Oh, nuts. I know. Well, they're around here somewhere. I probably just stuck them in a weird folder. (laughs) well uh should we wrap it up i think we should i have to say i'm really glad that we have stuck with the podcast it's given me a little bit of normalcy in a very weird time same it's given me at least some structure because i'm not working so yeah that's nice and it's fun. I, I like doing the podcast, so, like, yeah, that's also why I am glad we're still doing it. Me too. Yay! So, oh, thank I, you. I remember hmm. it was about the, um, the religious organization that owned the orphanage in Haiti. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to talk about next. It is called the Church of the Bible of Understanding. <laughs> which I think that's such a weird name. Um, Well, yeah, and it started out as the family of something, which, yeah. as we all know, means you're a cult. Right. 
So thank you, Braden Henzi, for intro and outro music. Go check his podcast out on YouTube. Uh, you can tweet us at Creepy Club Pod or you can email us at creepyclubpodcast at gmail.com with all of your personal stories and topic suggestions. Or you can go to Facebook at facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at creepyclubpodcast. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Risboomba. R-I-S-B-O-O-M-B-A-H or you can follow Heidi at Creepy Club Heidi. You can also follow my pets at Penny and Paco. (laughs) I've uploaded a lot of uh, pictures and videos of them and they're adorable so go check that out for me please. Um, Can confirm mm -hmm. are adorable. (laughs) I uploaded a video of Paco talking uh, yesterday. Yay! I want to hear Paco say stuff. I want to hear Paco yeah. do something besides the blood-curdling scream. <laughs> I know, right? He was talking right before I went down to record, and I was like, Paco, save it for the podcast. <laughs> but he did not. He's very camera shy, so it's hard for me to get video of him talking. And he'll just, like, he doesn't ever talk back to you. Like, he won't. He, it's very rare that he'll, like, respond in that way. He'll just randomly start talking at different times of the day and he'll just go through his vocabulary it's really cute he's like a cat he does what he wants yeah exactly i think him and penny are actually a lot alike which is funny they just have their own way of doing things well it's because um birds are crazy smart right yeah i mean he's like he's not letting on but he's probably as smart as both of us Today he did the cutest thing. So he has this um, big wooden perch that is on wheels that we kind of wheel around the house for him. And um, I put him on his perch this morning and I started rolling him towards the kitchen because he likes to watch me do the dishes. And I I said, hold on. And then he said, he goes, like, like he just, it was like. It was like gibberish, but he was mimicking my uh, inflection, and I like he's never done that before. I just thought that was so cute. That's and then I started adorable. laughing, and then he did his little laugh too. He goes, ha, ha, ha. "That's in the video." <laughs> Creeper. Yeah, he, so cute. Anyway, sorry that was a tangent. Sorry to everyone who hates tangents, but it's about a cute bird, so deal with it um they'll be all right if you want to see these pictures and videos that we've been talking about this whole time you can go to creepyclubpodcast.com and look for the meeting minutes for this episode uh and if you love this podcast please give us a rating and a review uh and subscribe to us on itunes or whatever podcast app that you prefer we appreciate uh, it yeah and Go ahead and tell a friend. Can you imagine if everyone that listens to this podcast told a friend and then they told a friend and then they told a friend, we'd be super popular. <laughs> We're legends in our own mind. That's true. That's true. So uh, thanks everybody for listening and we hope you join us next time. Meeting adjourned. See ya. See ya.